Boom, we're back. Great episode today. We have artist Francisco Ramirez in the house. He brought with him his girlfriend, Ana. Very sweet lady. They're both sweet. They're both awesome. I've had a great chat with Francisco about art and about life. And he's one of those guests that I, I just felt, in a weird way, a connection. Possibly because we somewhat come from a, a familiar background. You know, both being... um coming from Mexican parents and kind of dealing with a creative medium and always looking for support and validity with our work. And he, I just had a great chat with him. And I, I assure you, you're going to enjoy it because I enjoyed it. I, I listened to it and I was like, you know what? I, I like this guy and his girlfriend's amazing. And, uh, Together, they, together they're awesome. Together, you can see that there's a working relationship there, and they really feed off each other. And it's like one of those relationships is like I, I'm happy to see because it's like that's a relationship I would kind of like to be. I can't say kind of, but like I like it's good to have someone to support you and that believes in you. I think that's the most important part when I look at these two. They really believe in each other and the art they, they that they both do, and it's very beautiful to see. And if you stay tuned, somewhere during the week, I will post some of his artwork at the Facebook page. So if you haven't already, check out the JMS Podcast Facebook page because I will be posting some of his art. And some of his art is amazing. Like, uh, well, I, I didn't really meet him. I actually ran upon him on Facebook and I saw his art from his pictures. And I was like, you know what? I need, I need to talk to this guy because uh, there's something about that traditional art medium that he dabbles with that that really really in some way touches me again i don't know it's weird am am i talking weird possibly i'm just saying check out this guy's art and if you live in san jose a good example of that is if you go to chachos if you go to chachos you will see his artwork and chachos is a uh, mexican restaurant in downtown san jose it's between uh third and second on san fernando and uh yeah you go in there and you're practically seeing his art and it's good stuff. All right. Uh, I talk about Facebook, but hey, we also have an Instagram. So you can Instagram JMS Podcast. And I will be also be posting um, some of his artwork on Instagram. And also Twitter, JMS Podcast Twitter. And please check out the JMS Podcast website, jmspodcast.com. Check it out. Check out the, the content I have there. And, uh, yeah, overall, I had a good time. I had a good time. Um, if you don't know already, I run a comedy room on Wednesday nights in Cafe Friscotti downtown. Swing by on a Wednesday night, catch my comedy show. Uh, it's pretty much an open mic, but I bring along a, a couple sketches and stuff like that. And we're doing this new thing with uh, Mighty Mike McGee. If you don't know Mighty Mike McGee, he's a, a poet, world-renowned poet. I had him here as a guest. And he is doing a gong show. That's right. Um, it's it's a gong show, and it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And we have celebrity judges and everything. So every third week of the month, something to stay tuned about. Something I'll probably be talking about more as time goes by. Because we, we had the first one last week, and it was amazing. I had a good time. And uh, it's, it's really fun to experiment in that environment where people are very supportive and receptive for the most part of your comedy bit or of your poetry and stuff like that. And it's in those environments that you really feel comfortable experimenting a bit more than the usual. 
And so, yeah. So, Cafe Friscati Wednesday night. Check that out. Uh, another thing, my website. I finally finished the second episode. Yes. Second episode will premiere on Tuesday night on YouTube. I'm going to hold a, a special screening at San Jose State University for the Film Production Society. And then it's launched out to the masses. Uh, big thank you to the cast and crew. And it's definitely an improvement from the pilot. And I'm looking forward to work on the next episodes of the web series. And this time collaborating with some uh, local student directors. You know, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And it's going to be an interesting experiment for me as well. And overall, it's all in good fun. So looking for St. Jorge Episode 2 Tuesday night. Check it out on YouTube. And um, I really got to give it up to a couple people. Uh, especially the uh, people who donated to my crowdfunding campaign. Alex Aste, Serbi Aste, and Pauline Guest, executive producers of the show. Uh, the cast and crew, the actresses, oh, God, Chelsea Garrett, Robin Harris, working with them too was great. Also, the uh, my DP, Casey Ruiz, he came in late and, and not, not he didn't come late, but like I, I got him like literally a day before shooting the first scene. And I'm glad he did because he helped me a lot. Uh, big help. A shout out to Albert Sanchez as well and his help in, in producing this and Jacob Sanchez as well for helping me out and uh, I'm you know shooting a web series it's it's challenging especially when you're producing it and you wrote it you're directing it and you're acting in it and that's something I learned is that you can't really do everything yourself you know because I can't really focus one or the other and you're kind of getting a mesh for it and a feel for it so I'm really happy to bring in some other directors to help me out and um, and should make my job a little easier. And uh, the great thing about collaboration is th- when other people see your story and your characters, they could really add into it even more. A great example of that is Robin Harris. Uh, she Her role as my school advisor, she just made it a lot funnier than I wrote on page. And uh, you can tell like that's just her as an actress doing her work. And she really fleshed out the character more than I ever could. Same thing with Chelsea Garrett. And uh, so I'm really looking forward to to future episodes to make after this one. And hopefully we get a whole season done. That'll be awesome. That'll be so awesome. Have like a huge marathon party afterwards. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Alright, let's get to our chat with Francisco Ramirez. You said you got lost a bit on the way over here? I didn't get lost. She might have said it. It was like we're doing this whole practice scene on on how to uh, uh, get interviewed. So she's like, let me ask you some questions. Are you really prepared for this? Wow. Well, I I hope I didn't give off the impression that this is something too formal to to really... Mm, no, no, I'm not really yeah. that nervous. It's, yeah. it's just that she is getting a little nervous. And, w- <laughs> and to the listeners, she, you brought your girlfriend, Anna, yes. right? Yeah. 
And uh, we, I just learned that you're an actress and for San Jose City and for San Jose State University. That's right, yeah, for Teatro Campesino, for community work as well, aside from San Jose hey, State. Hey, is that Luis Valdez's uh, company? That's right. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've, I've been trying to get him on here and, and nothing yet, but hopefully, I, I got you. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, She's interesting. So were you <laughs> involved with the, uh, what's, the, what's the latest production they did over there? Um, Zoot Suit? Zoot Suit, that's right. Well, I for San Jose State, that was the... The earliest one they're doing now, Pachanga and the Paseo, for yeah. this, this semester coming up in April or May. Are, are they using the Hammer Theater, the, the new theater? Yeah, they're not using that yet. Oh, my God. I heard that they're uh, going to use that after, once I graduate. <laughs> oh. Are you currently going to San Jose State? Currently, yeah. Graduate in May. Uh, do you have your classes in Hugh Gillis Hall? Mm-hmm. Have we not met? I'm a film student there, and yeah. we're in the same building. Oh, maybe. And we never ran into each other. That's interesting. Yeah. Francisco. So networking it's a small world. I just met you and already yeah. I'm meeting an actress You're that's great oh good I, I, I just finished a short film last, yesterday and it was I'm not sure if you have experience you, you're mostly theater but have you done screen acting um yeah mostly theater and a little bit of directing a little bit of directing oh okay mm-hmm. wow so you're a comedian as well, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 as you saw was, on uh, Wednesday night, was it Cafe Franceschi or something? Uh, Cafe Frascati. Frascati. Yes. Yeah, it's a great new show, The Gong Gong. No, it's the Go Go Gong Show. I'm not yeah. sure if you're familiar with the Gong Show in the '70s. No, I'm not. But my friend, uh, Mighty Mike McGee, he's a local poet and and I, I'm going to say comedian. He doesn't. He he st- he describes himself as stand-up poet because he does poetry and stand-up. Uh, but he's he's a well-renowned poet, and I run a comedy show every Wednesday night. And he goes, "Hey, I want to put on a gong show once a month. Can I use your your room and at that day?" And I was like, "Yeah." And it was totally fun. Did you have fun? It was interesting. Yeah, it yeah. was. It was fun. I I I was enjoying it a lot, especially yeah. with the, uh, the the poets. I just felt like you, like I mentioned, I texted you. I, I felt like the comedians didn't. They just tossed them out into the wolves, you know. They just put them in there with the wolves. They, yeah, yeah. It, it, the the crowd was so cold. It was just the atmosphere what? wasn't there for comedians yet. So I felt like they had to warm them up first before mm-hmm. you guys would step in and, and do your job. Yeah, you know, th- that's the thing with comedians is it's they're always given not really given benefit of doubt because they're like, oh this guy's gonna make me laugh. Let's see what mm-hmm. where, where this what's his deal. Yeah, the expectations are up there already. Exactly. Right and a lot of local comedians, we're used to it, you know. Um, we, we perform a lot of open mics, and, and we're at bars where people are just drinking and not really caring for the comedy shows. There so, was a couple of good so, jokes. But, but, but the thing is, is that the first two are always taking the hit first. Yes. You know, exactly. the, the first couple are trying with the crowd. And it's really interesting and it, because you can see who's a, a real veteran comic is is the person who goes first and manages to to just destroy and destroy it in, in art in the terms of comedy is just to have a really good set. Yeah. Um, Poor Victor, I felt bad for him. Victor Perez. Oh, are name. you familiar with him? No, no, I just remembered his name because I was like, oh, <laughs> poor guy. You remembered yeah. him because of how he bombed. The bomb yeah, means he like, failed. Just big bomb, and then it was like uh, it was awkward. And the whole thing it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I felt like somebody needed to jump in there and kind of help out with the with the sketches or something. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. You know, that didn't happen. And the next guy failed as well. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. But in the end, it, it, once the crowd was all worked up and everything, right. the slightest little joke was funny. It's just yeah. one of my little favorite comic. Uh, uh, the jokes that he, uh, what, what did he say? Uh, don't rob a bank with uh, baristas because then they'll spill the beans. Oh, the, <laughs> the, the luchador. Yeah, the, the, was it the luchador? That said? I don't know who said it, but I just thought that was a good... Uh, was it the luchador? 
Oh no, Faco probably. It was one of like a heavy set Latino yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah don't don't rob a bank without with the barista because if yeah. they get caught they're gonna spill the beans. Yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah, I got comfortable halfway because I, initially I was gonna do a comedy set, but my friend brought a trumpet and I'm like, wouldn't it be mm. funny that you never played trumpet before, but you go up there and look confident and try to play the trumpet for the first time in your life and just fail completely? <laughs> and, 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 and I was really nervous. I was like, oh my, I'm gonna look like such an idiot. But I was like, if there's a show to do that this is the show because it's yeah. the whole fun is to kick people off stage as well okay. even if they're doing bad acts <laughs> so <laughs> I All go right. up there and I just don't know what I, I don't even know how how to hold the trumpet mm-hmm. and I'm just as you saw it was yeah. an epic fail <laughs> epic <laughs> epic indeed <laughs> but, but it, it was all in good fun yes it was all in I, good I, fun. I didn't I honestly I thought you were gonna start off all you know weird yeah. and then out of nowhere this this classical yeah something magical was gonna happen you give me too much credit already yeah (laughs) and it's like wait what happened it was like is he done is that it yeah I got gongs like they have a gong behind me and they just hit it and and it's like out yeah it was in good fun it was Mm -hmm. it was uh, it's all part of comedy right yes it was uh, (laughs) it was some brutal uh, young kid a 17 year old kid oh yeah 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 he, he has a he has future there um, really? Okay, future, good. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Very bold. Uh, his com- his uh, lines were very uh, aggressive. Mm-hmm. Say. Well, Political. Yeah. Or, uh, <sighs> yeah. I-, I see what you're saying. You know, he, he, he teetered on some concepts that were a bit, you know, um, edgy. Yeah. Which yeah. a lot of new comics go through. Um, sometimes they have a lot of concepts and they develop punchlines later. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that's a a way to approach art in some way it's like you go if, in with the concept not really sure about the final picture but you go in with an idea of it yes and then later on or or, or, is it, or is it the opposite in your in your mind do you already have an image of what you're going to paint you have an image but it's also experimenting uh just like comics i believe that they they, they have a, a set of uh, jokes already and they go out and experiment if it works that's what they continue to do Mm-hmm. Uh, and same with me I have a particular style that I want to put out not just just keep it to myself for now see if it works show it off a little bit and if it works and if it's successful you do more you continue to you, you express yourself in that sort of you begin to add more expression to it your your feelings your heart your technique mm-hmm. because it worked onto that project onto the uh, prototype so you do the prototype and then you do the the sets or the work Right, and you you might be wondering why you're here or how I got hold of your stuff. I was gonna ask that question. Yeah. Yes, because I was on Facebook, mm-hmm. and uh, a friend of mine is an artist, and she was friends with you on Facebook, and you she liked a picture, a sketch of yours, and uh, and I believe it was the MLK one. Yes, I was like, wow, that's fascinating. And then I, I looked at your stuff. You know, I kind of Facebook stalked you a little bit. You know, it's kind of awkward <laughs> saying that in front of your girlfriend now. I think about it. But uh, but but I look at your art, and I was like, this guy's pretty freaking good. Thank you. Uh, and then and and then it was till I was like, because part of this podcast is interviewing artists, and I, I like to bring artists with different also styles. Mm. And I found that your style was a bit different as well. At the same time, familiar to me. Yeah. I f- that's exactly what but, I was looking. That's uh, the reaction, the, the reaction that I like. Well, I'm not sure if it's because I'm a, a Ch- Chicano. I'm not sure if that's you know. Do you, would you define your art as Chicano art? I define it as traditional. Traditional. Traditional to what? Traditional to my background, my heritage. 
you know, Mexican. Fascinating. Let's go into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you first generation? I'm Mexican from DFA. You moved here from Mexico DFA? Uh, I not because I wanted to, but because okay. of uh, my family's struggles. They wanted looking for a better typical. They were looking for a better future for mm-hmm. for themselves and for me. So I was seven years old at the time. What, what district of DFA is your family from? I'm not even. I was like I was only like four years old. Oh, okay. Five, so I've been. I'm more Chicano than anybody. Probably because yeah. you were raised here as a yeah. very young age. Oh, yeah. Got it. Interesting. And they moved here from the FA? Yes. And what did your dad from, do? Actually, from the FA to Michoacan and from Michoacan to the United States. Hmm. San Jose. What line of work was your dad in? Um, well, um, my dad passed away when I was three. Oh, sorry to hear so that. My condolences. It's, uh, it happened a long time ago already. But um, my dad uh, passed away. My mom was struggling back and forth, you know, marriages and having kids and just trying to find a good husband. Um, How many siblings do you have? Uh Four total. Four total? Five, including me, I guess. Are they all into a creative field as well? My sister, uh, my both of my, my sister's a hairstylist, and my other sister, she loves to do makeup, and she's very creative, too, as far as doing little tutus or, or what you like to do. You play with the uh, clothes and you Yeah, with women it. designing, yeah. They, they're you know, a co- so like a cosmetology for yeah. one of your sisters, and a, um, also does tattoos, so yeah, like... Yeah, you do tattoos as well. I do it for friends and family. You know, just funny. I don't I see any tr- tattoos on you. I because they hurt. Yeah. They hurt a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I hey, I I, I respected cute. that. <laughs> I, I learned that people have different uh, tolerance to to pain. Mm-hmm. So some people will pass out in sleep, and then some people are just in agonizing pain. Yeah, good lord, I know I would cry. I haven't had any tattoos for that reason myself. Yeah, you, you do the forearm here or mm-hmm. the forearm, and then the down to the. Uh, close to the uh, um, shoulder it's you could get something there but once you get to the inner part of, right. your, of your arm right. it's painful yeah. it hurts now go, going back to, to your family mm-hmm. uh, she traveled around Mexico trying to make a living make the best for, for her kids mm-hmm. for you and at what age you say you moved here at three um, from DFE to Michoacan uh, and I was seven by the time the uh, that I was uh that I migrated to uh, San Jose. San Jose. And San Jose was the first place in the United yes. States that they, and it seems like you guys mm-hmm. settled here. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember like on White Road and uh, Ocala, there was nothing over there. It was just fields. Mm-hmm. Now it's all, you know, it's just a bunch of people, a bunch of houses. It's, it's what decade was this? It's uh, 87, 88. 87, 88. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's fascinating. You, it's almost like a big culture shock. Mm-hmm. Not just from Mexico to United States, but to go from from Dafe to Michoacan. Michoacan. What city, Michoacan? Um, close to it's a it's a little you know there's a bunch of little ranches, little towns. In Even there, that city. going from the so, city to the to, yeah, the, so, so, to the rural areas. Yes, and then to come to the United States, yep. which is a whole different system. How was that experience for you? It's overwhelming at first, but after we as human as humans, we adapt real quick. Especially when you're young, you're seven, eight years old, you pick up on stuff really quick. So I. It, it's it was pretty familiar too because it wasn't too far off. Like I said, down back in eighty seven, eighty eight, there was really nothing in that area. Right. So so yeah. it's it's little. When me and my family moved around this area about what four years ago, mm-hmm. none of these companies were here. <laughs> none of these high rises were here. Yeah, and they're building still. Yeah. They're building left and right. It's crazy. It's right in front of your eyes. And it, from and for me, I thought it was crazy. Well, for me, I was like, oh, it makes sense. Silicon Valley in in two mm-hmm. thousands. But you're telling me in eighties. There was mm-hmm. still development going on. 
there wasn't much. No, okay. no, no. There wasn't much. It started uh, all that developing started in, in like nineties, I believe. Mm. Back in the nineties, they started building up in the hills here in the uh, east side areas. Uh, I we moved over here to the west side, and that was already developed. Mm. Uh, but uh, I saw the city grow, and uh, and were you doodling at that age at oh, seven? All the time. I was always. Well, what's the farthest memory you have of of, of you? Three years old. I was three years old, writing on the walls. I was. I would imagine the pencil being a little car, and I would just ride around the walls, just <laughs> pretending it was a car. Just I don't think your mom appreciated that much. No, she didn't. She didn't. I was. Uh, I was punished. Uh, yeah. Often. <laughs> uh-huh. so, uh huh. But I was always doing that. I was always stuck on the paper, imagining, just imagining stuff, just imagining. Uh, Scenes, imagining action scenes, imagining uh, helicopters flying. I mean, I was, I was all over the place. So not only were you like a, an artist of, of of paintings and or of sketches and drawing, but it seems like you're also a bit of a storyteller I, through your art. Yeah, because you say you're imagining action scenes, you're imagining yeah motion, mm-hmm. and f- usually in my experience that derives from a bit of storytelling from mm-hmm. from the guy doing it or gal. Sometimes I, uh, and on my, uh, I have an old sketchbook where I used to do I, this particular character. Um, somebody confused him for a um, Metal Gear Solid character, but uh, I, I did a bunch of sketches on him. And as I as I did more, it progressed into the story, and and I never really went too deep into it because uh, I, I've always been surrounded in in. Um, around people where where they don't appreciate that sort of stuff so what kind of stuff is it it was just a it was a character he's a soldier uh, uh, genetically modified sort of like a comic book kind of thing Uh looks like a robot sort of are those the images yeah well that's part of that's that's uh like and you feel that's the branch and you feel like people around you did not really dig it no no and these are friends and family yes Okay. I, I mean, I gave this really just to give you this, uh, uh, an idea of how supportive they can be. I, I gave my uncle this beautiful uh, oil. It reminded him of his uh, where he used to live in, in Michoacan, mm-hmm. and I thought it was really wonderful that I could give him something, a, a reminder of where he came from. And next thing you know, it was like I went to visit him, and it's in the back of the of of the stove. <laughs> I was like, "You gotta be kidding! That's a beautiful freaking painting!" And yeah. It's, I was uh, I was just devastated, and from that point uh-huh. on, it's I just shut myself from that. And I was like, no more. I'm not gonna. So, do you, do you feel like your family supported you initially? Not much, no. Not much. How about now? Do you feel like that changed? Uh, a little bit, yeah, but not much. So it's it's, it's like. Do, do you come from a working class family? Yes. Yeah, could, yeah. could that be a factor? Of Big time. They're, they're yeah. Mom was always working. Well, from what you know, stories you've told me, mom was the one, the breadwinner. You know, mm-hmm. not some father figures here and there but ma- mainly it was a mom that you yeah. know continued with making sure to care of his kids it, all of them because it seems at that point it's about survival yeah and they're, like, they're, yeah they're and in survival mode and it's like wh- why are you wasting time where you should where you're doing art where you should be making money which i get that a lot, yeah. a lot of time That's me and my family like like my family and i, I i'm kind of developing a little theory i think it could be like a latin american thing but i can't really say that but maybe it's maybe it's a chicano mexican thing yeah. where families they, I think the way we they express ourselves and show support is a little different from mm-hmm. the American norm, mm-hmm. uh, in my opinion. Because my family, like my mom's over there, uh, mm-hmm. you know, she, she, 
I do. I, I write. I make short films, poetry, and, and I perform. And and my especially my dad. He goes, yeah. "Why are you doing that?" Oh, like, stop. You know, and and just. But then, as much as it seems disparaging, in a passive aggressive way, mm-hmm. when I have a big show, they show up. <laughs> And then they just make fun of me afterwards. Oh. And a lot of times, they're f- and, the, and the worst part is they're funnier than me. I was like, oh my god! <laughs> but that's because they're being—that's their way of being supportive. But that's what I'm saying. You know. It's like it's—it's it's not like oh, this is great. Keep up the good work. It's more like no, you need more work. Oh, what is this? Well, we, we, you know. But I—I I just feel it's because there's a bit of cynicism, uh, mm-hmm. growing up in in a I feel, uh, especially in a working class Mexican American environment, because mm-hmm. uh, I, I I don't think our mm, Parents, our par- but in general, like our gen- the generation before us, oh yeah, had right. a hard time just living. I feel well, and I that, a, that depends on other factors too, but I'm just generalizing, I guess. Yeah. I do have sets of uh, it's. I have paintings and drawings based on that. What you just said mm-hmm. on uh, that. I don't want to sound too um, aggressive, but I guess that Nimrod, that robot, that. Yeah. It's like nine to five kind of thing. That's why uh-huh. the whole the whole reason. Yeah, yeah. the whole Which reason painting? why. Describe it to me. It's exactly what he was trying it's to portray a, of like us living in like this this uh, robot sort of state. Uh-huh. It's like nine to five. You do your job, and it's it's repetitive, uh, mundane. I guess you could say. Uh-huh. Um, sort of life, and uh, that's why I like to paint uh, robots uh, hands with uh, oh, really? wires and. Uh, Robotics is a big theme of yours? It can be sometimes, Uh yes. But it's also very uh, gruesome because it's like I tear skin apart and you see the wires or or the face. I mean, it's... it's, That's that's as much as I can describe it. I can... Bloody. Mm -hmm. um, And then I can also do uh, Day of the Dead stuff and, you know, hearts and, you know, typical traditional Mexican style kind of thing. Interesting. So... Let me ask then, at what point did you take your art seriously? Like, at what point were you like, you know what, I could do this, I want to do this, and I'm going to dedicate a lot of time to this? Was there I ever a point to, in that? After my divorce, I got more into it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if I should call it a divorce. We were just... Separated? Yeah, after we got, after we got separated with my ex uh, how, how, how old were you? I was uh, 33 at the time. Good so Lord, I was how old are you now? 36. You look so young. Thank you. I think you're like, I, I should have done the math. I guess the 80, 80 coming in the 80s, but, yeah. but, but also, you look young. Thank you. You look young too. Wow. Yes. Thank you. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Three years younger than him. Uh, yeah, I just turned. We just, our birthdays were January and February. Oh, great. Oh, my God. Okay, so so in your 30s, you got married. I mean, you, um, no, I got you, married you, very, I, I got married at a young age. and uh, One, I think. Yeah. Oh, son, wow. Son. Yeah, so because I have a, a 12-year-old and a 7-year-old. Wow. Like, uh, what, what, 14. What? Oh. <laughs> 13. 13. 13. 13. Yeah, there well, you go. <laughs> kids are just growing. So uh, are you okay if I drove into that for a bit, that phase of your sure. life? Uh, what were you doing at that time? You just graduated from high school. You I was doing the robot thing. You were doing art through high school, right? Mm-hmm. And then you graduated. Yes. Well, what did you get into? I just got into that mundane life, that robot uh, okay. parent. Yeah. What, what were you doing that was so mundane? Nine to five, nine to five, nine to five. What line of work? Uh, I, I worked in construction. I worked at a um, 
restaurant field. I, I've done, um, I even helped my uncle with mechanics. Mm -hmm. uh, Very blue collar. Yeah. I like it. Yep. I dig it. Yep. I, I, yeah. And then I, I got out of uh, um, the restaurant field and jumped back into uh, construction. So right now I'm, I, I install tile. Mm -hmm. So I'm a tile guy. Tile guy. Yeah. Drew Beasley got a, tile guy. Uh, he got offered a position in management, which is amazing. Great. Congrats. Yes, thank you. And, and then you, uh, early on you got married and you had a kid? Yes. Scary, mm. right? It, it, it was uh, it was scary because you, you just don't know. You don't know anything. You don't know how to be a parent. You don't, it's, that, it's, that's my biggest concern. I don't have kids. I don't even have a girlfriend. But I'm like, wow, me having a kid, what, what would I do? You, I wouldn't know what to do. You wouldn't be doing this, I'll tell you that. No? You would be trying to make a life, uh -huh. make money to support okay. your kid. Right, makes sense. That's what happens. That's why uh, you know. That's why your parents, my parents, they yeah. they tend to do such a thing. It's like, why is he wasting his time over there when he should be making money to be to be supportive in the family? Right. You know? And how old are you when you had your child? I was twenty one. Twenty one. That's even more fascinating. Yeah. So it looks like you also went through a bit of survival mode. Yes. Yeah. This this whole time I've been. I never stopped drawing or painting, but I did went through that phase. That it was. Uh, you say phase, I guess. But it um, seems like it, it was a, a coping mechanism for you yeah, as well. It was. That's why. I mean, sometimes I feel a little bit lost sometimes, just because it's still fresh. I just I was into this uh, um, nine to five thing, trying to support my family, uh, trying to hold, trying to do the whole, you know, I guess life. I don't, mm -hmm. know, I don't know if you can call it life, but <laughs> it's life. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. I mean, as complicated and convoluted it can be, I, I think it's amazing. Because I think that I think artists' experiences really influence their work, mm -hmm. and and like you mentioned, there's a lot of themes of ro robotics, this, this this concept of of still life, uh, yeah. of not really being human, yeah. of just being part of the system. Well, I try to do that. It, it, it's you try to I try to make the image look like okay, it's it's a robot, but it has feelings, it has a life, mm -hmm. it's alive, it's not just a, a robot. It's it's not just programmed to go to work, come back, go to bed, get up, go to work, come back, go to bed. I mean, it's mm -hmm. there's more to it than just right than just a uh, skin. There's under than just a robot. There's there's so much more that he can do or she can do. You know, but, now you mentioned before that you like to describe your define your work as very uh, traditional yes. to your heritage. Has it always been that way? No, I was I was uh, uh, stuck more into like uh, the um, imagination, the, the action scenes, the uh, um, cars. Uh, so I would always sketch that that sort of uh, um, category. Whether it was somebody with guns or swords, it was a car. Uh, but after I started, uh, um, well, the whole separation just changed the way I, I view things and see things, and. Uh, started getting back a little bit more into my heritage where I came from what makes me tick more into myself more I guess a little selfish I just started thinking about um, what what am I doing here you know? did you feel close ties to your heritage before not much that? no not many no not a okay. lot of ties so, so you feel like you by going through this theme of tradition it's kind of you looking back mm -hmm. and trying to figure out a, a bit of yourself yeah through your your family's past too yes 
it, it's uh, it's overwhelming at times. It's it's almost confusing sometimes. How's that? Uh, well, you like you mentioned, you you go from from a uh, city to ranch to somewhat city ranch style in San Jose, and it's your life, your your whole life. You you view things. You view your uncles and family members. You get up every morning, five in the morning, six in the morning. You gotta go to work, and you come back. They come back and. You know, they start tinkering with the car stereos or mm-hmm. their shiny little rims and, you know, they polish their cars and uh, it's like, is that all they have? That's Is that all they, to life? Yeah. Is that like, what it is? Yeah, yeah. It's like, shouldn't they be doing more? I mean... Do you feel like they're creative in some way? Yes. family? Yes. Also, besides your sister, I, I know she does makeup and, and, um, and fashion. They're, they're smart, but they're limited because of what I just said the whole robotic thing they have to provide for their family yeah. but but do you feel like in some ways like are they musically inclined yes do, my, do one of my uncles uh, is a musician in utah oh wow hey what's that about uh he does he does traditional mexican music okay uh-huh. you know that like uh, i don't i noticed you have at atlanta potro so you're gonna be familiar with uh, los bondadosos uh-huh. kind of that's actually music. my dad my dad's a big fan of okay. <laughs> he, i think he's the only big fan in the entire san jose area actually maybe, maybe so bay too. area it's weird because everybody knows, like, within the soccer community, they know my dad. Oh. He's called El Potro. El Potro. <laughs> so I got some big shadows. Cheers <laughs> to Phil. Uh, but anyway, so he plays uh, traditional Mexican music in Utah. Yeah. So you feel like there's a creative gene in your family. There that, is. That flows. My, my great-grandfather was, uh, my grandfather was a uh, uh, carver. He used to carve wood. He, um, my my uh, mom used to tell me he used to create these beautiful images of horses on carved on Fascinating. Wood. You call him a carver, but you don't define him as a carpenter. Well, um, he was a carpenter, but my, like I said, my mom used to tell me about him, how he used to do these amazing images on, on wood. I just love the way you describe him as a carver. That makes yeah. him so much poetic. And for me, I can really ingrain the, the image of him being carving. doing carving and doing art through wood, right? Yes. Of horses, you said? Of anything, a lot of things actually. Uh, as a matter of fact, he uh, he had an accident and chopped his uh, mm-hmm. fingers trying to trying to do. Uh, I think he was doing a bed or something. I don't know what they were doing, what he was doing, but but he said he was. Uh, his problem was he was an alcoholic. Mm. But um, this was in Defe. No, this was in Michoacan. Michoacan. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, as far as his skills and art, art he was actually uh, nobody believes me, and I I put it on my heart and soul and my. I put it on my kids. My mom used to tell me that he was he would sing with uh, um, Pedro Infante oh, and Jorge Negrete oh. in Michoacan. They would sing when they were young before they were uh, famous. Famous, yes. Fascinating. And uh, they, these, they came from a rich family. Mm-hmm. So when they went to the city to uh, explore their, their creative, artistic you know, way... Um, my f- grandfather had to stay home to support the family, to be a part of the family and to work hard and mm-hmm. to do the whole "I'm a rancher" kind of guy. Right. So he didn't take. He didn't do. He didn't go with him. So not only was he a carver, but he was a musician as well, yes. a singer. Yes. Fascinating. Do Do you feel there's a bit of bitterness there, like a bit like all oh, those guys and I? I would. That's the whole alcohol alcoholism part Bob, yeah like, like, I would uh, I would could be a factor pinpoint that on on the whole regret re- regret of not being a part of that because yeah. they were huge mm-hmm. you see them everywhere as far in the Hispanic community Mexican community they're right huge they're big names yeah, yeah. so 
it's like just to think I could have been a part of that. It's mm-hmm. That's pretty overwhelming. I mean, I could have an it could have an effect. On I I see it now with comedians, some musicians, some comedians have been doing comedy for like ten years, and and they they feel like they had opportunities that they let go in the past in L.A. or New York, and mm-hmm. they're still hitting open mics here in in South Bay, and they're in heavy drinkers and so on. Yep. So, and it's, it's, I think that's a fascinating um, character development. I feel, mm-hmm. and as you mentioned before. And I'm going to transition before with you because you said you didn't really fully express your your heritage until you went through some hardship. Yes. And I always have a saying that hardship breeds even more creativity. Yeah. And creativity that has something to say. And it seems like you definitely went through that. Yes. Now, who were some of your influences? A local artist. Uh, and I'm always I've always been fascinated by by uh, Van Gogh's uh, work, just the style of the style that he does, uh, the brush. Uh, now you said local artist Van Gogh local, or local, local artist, wasn't crazy. Local artist, local Van artist Gogh. and Van Gogh. Okay, so they're you know? two separate. Yeah, uh, but yeah. yes, Van, Van Gogh is local. Crazy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely local for sure. Definitely local in the cocoa, just chopping your ear off and uh, giving it to somebody. That's uh, that's pretty romantic. Yeah. To, <laughs> hey, there have been times. Like t- time relationships, it's like even times I would be chopped off a limb for someone. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but Van I mean, Gogh, big influences Van Gogh, right? Mm-hmm. Good stuff. And uh, there's also um, f- local artist, there's uh, Tulio Flores, and uh, I met up a while back. I met up with a, a friend, uh, um, Gapi, but uh, he's he's the weird one. He's we an are. <laughs> <laughs> he's also a Mexican. Move back. Decided yeah. to move back and continue on as a, as yeah. a, uh, call it the, yeah, yeah his road, yeah, shaman road. It's yeah. a different topic, but uh, artist, He's very spiritual, yeah. very spiritual. I, I find it beautiful that you're influenced by local artists. Yeah. I, I think that's something people take for granted. A lot. Yeah. Uh, th- we we just went to the uh, flea market. We just came back from a like little a little like walk. That. It's nice. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I saw this beautiful piece on the floor. It was just right there. And uh, the canvas—I mean, the canvas alone is probably like fifty bucks—and they were giving it away for five. And mm. uh, she tells me to take it, and I can't—I can't take it because it's—it's it's almost disrespectful for me to paint over that piece because it was beautiful. It wasn't—it wasn't ugly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's—it's. It's, I would rather just buy it and and sell it to somebody that'll appreciate it. Mm-hmm. But to paint over it is is almost—it's very to me. It's disrespectful. Yeah. And it just goes to show how unappreciative people are towards art. Because uh, I could tell how much passion in time he put into that piece. And it's on the side for five bucks. Yeah. Now, you've been in San Jose for a while. And you're a San Jose mm-hmm. artist. Do you feel the art scene here in San Jose is going through some progressive changes? They are. It, it was it was a lot worse uh, back in the 90s. How, can you describe to me how it was back then? It was dead. The, the only art... It was, uh, San Francisco took took a lot of the uh, fame for that now, they, they took a lot of attention they, they are known for the art field if, if, you, if you're an artist you go to San Francisco mm-hmm. period but now it, it seems like uh, there's a lot more going on here in, in San Jose there's a way as a matter of fact Tulio for Flores uh, he's always uh, uh, collaborating and also um, he organizes a lot of these shows uh, that's how I met him that's why he's some, some sort of a I, I admire him. I admire his work. I admire his struggle. I admire 
how hard working he is towards just trying to put us artists out there because uh like i said if you if you're an artist you normally just go to san francisco mm -hmm. but now you don't have to do that you could just link up with some people and you can do it here yeah there's a lot of galleries are opening up yeah. around here as well you can do it here there's 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 a future for artists here now it's just it's getting there it's it's it's, it's boiling the, the rice is still cooking what know? do you feel would help the artists now just keep doing what you're doing just keep drawing keep putting your art out there be a part of if if you're a local artist go ask questions go to the galleries what can you do to put your art in there what does it take what what are people looking for but always contribute if you have pieces of work go put mm -hmm. them out there the more the merrier now we have art walk we just had it was like a week ago two weeks we're we gonna have you had your piece at the gallery over on a metro by uh no uh, the works the works yeah mm -hmm. there's a couple Close of pieces that i have there yeah it was the sofa street uh festival right or the, uh, no, the art was, walk that was the, the art walk, walk. Yeah. yeah yeah the art walk the sofa district art walk yeah there's and go to these art walks contribute to it you don't have to go and get drunk and, and just just go talk to people meet people collaborate and just be a part of it you don't have to go anywhere mm -hmm. you could do it here make it grow because there's a lot of uh, talent here in san jose and no nobody does much they they are yeah. scared of, of uh, I, I and I can understand because I've have I have some nice pieces, and they come to me. I spend like forty hours on this piece, and and, and they come to me like I'll give you two hundred. I was like, dude, that's like paying me five bucks an hour. Yeah. Uh, and I would rather have that piece on my wall. Mm -hmm. Wake up every morning and say, well, I had a good time doing that. Than to <laughs> than to yeah. wake up at you. Know, you, got, you got memories, uh, yeah. attributes to each of yeah. your paintings. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Th then to wake up and look at an empty wall and and regret like I shouldn't have sold that. Yeah, man. I'm t actually, I you went know? I went to the art walk. I try, I'm trying to get new art to put on here and other stuff. I mean, I just got distracted with other stuff. But I have some nice pieces. So they're right there. Oh, I wouldn't <laughs> mind. Uh, uh, no, because I, I'm truly, I'm really like trying to engage the art community in San Jose and it, as more as I'm engaged the more I meet more artists there seems to be a common theme among the artists here in San Jose where they feel like things are getting better but not fast enough let's be patient you're doing a great job right now as we speak uh, am I of course <laughs> thank you, know, you. <laughs> yeah yeah thank you very no, thank you very yeah. much you know keep doing what you're doing keep get, getting artists in here uh -huh. and uh putting them out there so that people will know about us yeah. so it, it, we can grow we can grow together yeah it just just takes time so we can't just time you, know, time. you want us to you want to pour some gmo on us so we can grow faster bigger tougher <laughs> right <laughs> In, inject, inject some you know yeah. steroids yeah, yeah it's like yeah. not these these this sort of stuff naturally grows and it, when mm. it grows it's beautiful and, and, and that's what i say is i feel a, a, not just artists but musicians and comedians are like you know san jose or in general the south bay it's, it's still not the same and i was like well give us some time because san francisco oakland they had history there like people were there and they settled and did art there a lot longer than here here it was more of a branching farming manufacturing mm -hmm. Uh, blue collar area. Oh, sorry uh, to interrupt real yeah. quick, but uh, since you reminded me, one of my first jobs was at uh, um, Story and Capital. There used to be a company called Soria. Soria. Yeah, and they used to uh, chavacano. They used to cut chavacano, and they would put it on pallet. They used to pay two fifty a, a now, pallet. What is a chavacano? 
It's a, it's a particular, it's a sweet fruit. It's almost, what is it? Chalacano. I can't, I can't really say, I don't know what it is in English, yeah. but uh, it's, it's like a peach. It's like a, a small, okay. smaller size peach. Got it. And uh, you'd cut it, take the bone out, and you'd place it on the, on the uh, uh, pallet. And they would pay uh, five bucks per pallet, but the pallet was huge. It was like a 40 by 30 centimeters, or uh, sorry, inches. Mm-hmm. It was huge. So, so it was like all day you're doing this. So at the end of the uh, at the end of the week, I'd get like 150 or 120 dollars. Mm-hmm. And I was 15 at the time. And I drive. It's by the cemetery. It was by the cemetery. Uh, uh, what was that? An um, uh, Alum Rock. Yes. Okay, got it. So you're driving down Alum Rock. You go further close like, before you get to Capitol Square. Mm-hmm. It was right there. And I look back, and it's like there's just a bunch of homes there. Homes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's crazy. It's right? gone. It's just gone. But it's gone. And I think the great thing is at least it's being replaced by something that because there's the homes are needed here, mm-hmm. yeah. especially reasonable priced <laughs> homes as well. <laughs> and and I think that's the thing, and that goes back to what I'm saying. It's like people want fast, but it's like, dude, give us time. Well, we're getting there. I think there's a lot of progress, but there's no point of rushing things. We might overdo it. Mm-hmm. And better yet, it's be- it's better to do things with quality that's yeah. developed over tw- time as opposed to quantity, which is fast and short. And oh, yeah. I, I know that feeling because um, yeah. I'm in construction. So it's always get it done, get it done right now, fast right now, hurry up, get it done. Mm-hmm. It's like, relax. It's like a, the, the installers can only go so fast. Right. Well, get more installers. To, like They can only fit in the room. You can only fit two people in that room. You can't. Right. Well, get more in there. It's like, it's like Jesus Christ, what's the rush? Yeah. We have a deadline, and if this deadline doesn't meet, we're going to have to pay up off, you know. Because yeah, yeah. they have a deadline, of course. Yeah. You know, once that deadline is is due, yeah. Uh, I, I believe the, the, the ones that hired them will start charging them. Right. For every day or every month that this project isn't done. Mm-hmm. It's penalized or something. But, uh, yeah, yeah that, what you said is, like, constantly just... Get it done. Hurry up, fast. I mean, there's no patience. Right. You're just there's not really time for. Well, I think that's a little, a little different. But as far mm-hmm. as art and personal growth, you know, you need to to really give yourself time. Yeah. Like for me, like that's something I learned, and because when I was young, I was super impatient. I, I was, and it's like now I'm I'm learning. I was like, okay, okay, what am I writing? Especially in writing, you know, because I, I write a lot. And now you mentioned that you you did a lot of construction. Do you feel like working in that kind of field kind of helps your creativity as well? Because I feel when I worked, because I used to work as a dishwasher, I used to work other jobs, you know, I used to help out landscaping. The fact that I was in that situation, I think some of the best ideas for writing came out of it. Yeah. Do you feel that same for you? Of course. Uh, It's like some of the, for a good example would be the wood. I like to use wood. When I paint, mm-hmm. uh, for some reason, it's, it's smoother. It's something different about it when I paint on wood than I paint on canvas. Right. Uh, and aside from that, um, I'm limited because I don't have the tools, but I would like to take some of that wood and just create something out of it, just build something. Uh, but it's you're just limited because you don't have the tools. You don't have a workshop, and, and a lot of the stuff would cost an arm and a leg. And I'm sure I can get some good results. Yeah, yeah, I, I, but I just don't have the tools for it. Interesting, and yeah, I think it goes back to that sense of h- hardship and a sense of of 
of, of working working on like for me it's like I daydream a lot mm-hmm. and I feel that's something you do too yeah. and you develop oh that's yeah all the time it's like you start to so play with with everything that's around you so like I want to dwell a bit in your creative process yes. how do you go from an idea to your head to on a canvas what's the process like for you uh, you put your feelings in there um, your heart and soul you, uh, personally I love to do hearts because they they represent you your heart and soul and uh, I like to put it on canvas and try to make it as realistic as can, as I can that includes uh, blood and gore and whatnot mm-hmm. and uh, it, I, I do this traditional heart and I put an eye on it and it it's, it's, it represents that it's alive and, and what can I say uh, it's I work as I go and, and a lot of the times uh, like we f- we argue a lot sometimes mm-hmm. so a lot as of those, most couples do yeah most couples do. yeah and a lot of those uh, um, feelings I will put them on canvas uh, yeah the heart the, the hardness of it the, the pain it must be so useful like I, I, I know, right? Like, like you get an argument, and then you go and you build, a, you make a beautiful painting, and you bring it to her, and all is forgiven. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had that. I wish I wish I had something to offer after I fuck up or something like that. It, it uh, like you mentioned, it all has to do. A lot of the inspiration comes from um, hurt mm-hmm. or something traumatic, or uh, or like a lot of my. I, I think the, the proper political views. Political. I think that the main thing, and I make this argument for for screenwriting because I do screenwriting as well, is conflict. Mm-hmm. I yes. think I think I think as a, as a creative person, you need conflict in your life. You yeah. know, I I think when you're comfortable, I I don't when I'm comfortable, like if I'm sitting at a cafe and having a good time, I can't even think about writing. I can't yeah. even think about doing anything besides just stay comfortable. Yeah, I was, you could just write. I was sitting at a chair. Exactly. And I was like, <laughs> there's nothing going on. And I never get. I'm not about you, but I don't. I don't really understand some people who are like, ah, oh, yeah, I, I just you know hang out and I do art. And I was like, I'm jealous because like I can't do that. I can't just hang out and do something creative. I can't just be like, I'm gonna take it easy. I'm gonna chillax, have a beer, and I'm gonna do something. What I tend to do. That's like the best moments for me when yeah. I'm actually. I have the plain canvas and I just start doing something and I have my. Stella and or my Heineken or whatever kind of beer yeah next to me and, and I'm just painting away li- listening to music do you feel like you're you were always that way yeah that's, that's I'm jealous I, of you <laughs> for me I have to finish a, a huge argument with somebody about something and be like you know what forget that person I'm gonna do this I'm gonna write about that yeah. I, I guess a lot of my work is out of spite which, which is but interesting that's the, but that's the best work that you're gonna get yeah this podcast I did it on my 25th birthday because I, I was I was freaking out what I was doing with my life it's out of spite I was like oh I gotta do something and so far I'm happy I'm, I'm meeting great interesting people yeah but you, you don't feel like there's spite in your work sometimes there is there's definitely I did this piece it's called Embrace and mm-hmm. uh, there's it's a it, describing it. It's a person. It's a girl. Uh, she ha, she has her. It looks like she has her arms, waiting for someone to hug her. Uh, the roses. There's roses, and in the middle of the roses, there's little skulls, and it kind of represents uh, the flaws that we tend to have. Um, I call it embrace or acceptance because we're not perfect, obviously, and it's telling me to accept that person for what it is. Don't just just accept me, love me, uh, and I guess it's it's a lot has to do with her, 
Mm. So you, Anna, like she's a big influence in your work. She can be sometimes. Like, yeah. like, like, like a muse. Oh, you definitely. Because we've done. That you mentioned that. Why? Yeah, they use that particular word. Did you? Yeah, he used. Did it a piece of, you know, did a drawing like a painting of me, and he called it, muse. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. You know what? Oh. Since you're such a part of his art, let's get a bit into how you guys met. I'm, I'm curious now. Of course, through art. That's how we connected. We had that in common. Actually, uh, talking about uh, one of his influences, uh, Capi. Um, he's known as Capi. Mm -hmm. He's moved back to Mexico now, but uh, still connected through him through social media. But uh, he had a, a show for um, a local family show at a local restaurant and behind the HP Pavilion, a little small little spot. And Zapatas? He, mm, I believe so. Zapatas. He needed a, one of the girls in show for modeling. It's kind of last minute thing. You know, I do modeling too, so I was asked from one of my friends, uh, Patricia Castaneda, you know, would you like to connect? You know, they need some models. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Oh, modeling, painting, you know, the mirror, like he has a mirror on the back and do body painting, right? Mm -hmm. And do that kind of theatrical kind of stuff with music and poetry and things. And it's funny because I go there, last minute thing, I really liked it, I enjoyed it. It's the first time I met Gapi and he was there the whole entire time. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry about and, that. Uh, it's okay. Believe it or not. Yeah. There's so many people there. Yeah. I can't remember him being there. Right. I'm so focused on, you know, what I was doing. Right. Uh -huh. I saw a lot of faces, a lot of first time, you know, but yeah. from there, he says that he, he knew about me and so he talked to me for a little bit. Yeah, we, we oh, kept you, in touch. You don't even remember having a conversation with him. No. I was zoned <laughs> in. <laughs> I was zoned in on what I, in the work. Yeah. You know, I was zoned into my, my character. Yeah, right. I'm, I, I'm, you know, shook hands with people and things, but I don't yeah. remember the exact conversation. I want to hear your side of the story now. Well, <laughs> I, I, I used to go, because like I said, one of my influences is Gapi. Right. And uh, he used to do a lot of body paintings. Mm -hmm. uh, he's also a photographer. And and. I got into it a little bit af after um, we met and everything. I would help him. I would get his camera and I would start doing shoots. Or if he needed paint, I would help him paint because uh, he he was limited in time, so he had to do everything really fast. So I would paint a little bit of of the sections that he wanted, whatever type of paint he wanted, and he would fill in with the details. And um, I would just. But the first time I met him and her was there at uh, uh, Zapata they were doing this photo shoot it was a little ga gathering a little social gathering of artists there's poets artists and musicians uh, dancers mm -hmm. so um, like I said th this is where like some of the stuff originated from um, like getting the whole art vibe into San Jose mm -hmm. he was a he would coordinate this sort of stuff wow okay. a lot and that's how I met him too um, but uh, back to us uh, back to me and Anna um, I really liked her. I just I wanted to have this connection with her because she's an artist. I'm an artist. Let's see what we can do with this. Which is an interesting notion is couples who are both artists or at least creative types. I mean, do you have any tips at all? Because I personally, I think about, I'm very neurotic when it comes to relationships. It's probably a fault of mine. But for me, it's like, I don't think I could be with somebody who's on the same level of creativity as myself because as it is I have a hard time dealing with people who are creativity because <laughs> I collaborate a lot with yeah. film and stuff yeah. or writing and I'm like if, if, I, if I had a significant other she would be a little, she has to be a little different from what I do but it's interesting that you guys are, are very on the same frequency how I mean I don't want to sound like a like a marriage therapist here but, <laughs> yeah. but like but like what are some experiences you felt through this relationship of two creative people 
and possibly what has worked. Well, because how long have you guys been together? Three years. Yeah, well, that, that's a lot. I feel already. We have our so, struggles. We right. have a lot of struggles, but I mean, the only advice I could give is is just hang in there and be accepting. Mm-hmm. Be accepting of the person because there's be open, yeah. There's absolutely no perfection. Whatever in your mind you think you can get doesn't exist. Right. It, it, we're humans. We're imperfect. We're gonna do something stupid, you know. And uh, just be accepting of that person. Period. You know, that's that's the only advice I could give. And because you, as much as as many flaws as you may have, I may have them too. Mm-hmm. And, and she has to be accepting of me. Uh, it, it has to work both ways and vice versa yeah. right yeah, it's really funny because like we're very similar in, the, in certain ways as artists you know and some point of views and ideas and things like that but in other ways we're very different mm-hmm. so that can that's like our connection and that actually actually creates a lot of conflict at the same time but it makes it so exciting and it that it does the conflict thing that you know yeah. Even though a relationship going sometimes. Even though yeah, yeah, you know, it's not the healthiest relationships, you know, with constant conflict, but it, it we grow, we're constantly growing f- and learning from each other. And it's right. amazing how we're sometimes like stuck on this point of view. Mm-hmm. And no, this is the way, no, that's the way. Even, and even then we realize even that we, we're learning thing. something from both you know, yeah. I, I'm not necessarily right all the way, not he's not necessarily right. So it's it's it seems like he has collaborate a lot too, right? Yeah, photography we, and we clash and collaborate. Yeah, we definitely uh, have a. You guys are like uh, Krishna from you know from the Buddhist uh, stuff. It's like oh, right, yeah. Creation and destruction, <laughs> you know, in one something like that. <laughs> That's but, interesting. But we have done. Uh, I've done photography with her. Yeah, uh, and. Uh, our done. first, our first date was through photography. He did a body, he's, you know, he's a Dubai painting. I'm like, yeah, it's exciting. You know, that's how we started. To actually, we were just talking on social media for about a year, and mm-hmm. then after that's like when we, I go, yeah, I'll go out. You know, oh, oh with them, so for a whole year, you guys were just chatting online about for a whole year, work. Yeah. That gives me hope. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've been talking yeah. so much. No, I'm kidding. Uh, uh, that's, that's fascinating. I just wasn't looking for any, you know, I've yeah. gone through my divorce myself, so mm-hmm. I was thinking about... So you both have thinking. similar experiences. Yeah. In, 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 in marriage and divorce. Yeah, well, his relationship was 10. Mine was was not 10. It was a lot less, but... Uh, do, do you have a child as well? No kids. No kids. I've decided to pursue my education right away. Right after my divorce, I'm like, what am I doing with my life? You yeah. Know? I didn't go back to college, you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I did. Really proud of that decision. Yeah, it's, it's you gotta make hard decisions sometimes, but you have to do what feels right. Mm-hmm. On your own, you gotta yeah. do it. Yeah. Don't need, don't wait for acceptance because you're not always gonna get it. Because I went nine to five. I got offered a, a pretty good career after graduation. That was a nine to five in some ways, mm-hmm. but I turned it down. What uh, was it? Uh, it had to do with law enforcement. Oh, cop. Uh, something similar. <laughs> And I just knew that it would help pay off my student loans and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's like I studied too long and too much money into studying film. I got to give it a try at least. Um, but it's it, it was not an easy decision, especially when there's people pulling strings for you. It's like I had, had to really follow my gut. But yeah. till now, I feel it was a good decision. That's good. Decision I had made. Do you think that's something similar you've gone through? Absolutely, man. After struggle, after struggle. Well, you know, my my I don't have my dad passed away as well. Mm -hmm. You know, my my rock was my mother. You know, but it was hard to relate because you know my mom's never gone 
doesn't have never had like an education like in school right doesn't read or write so it's a different kind of just lifestyle way of thinking but she was always supportive of me I would go on and on about what I learned in politics you know mm. political science and I learned this about history and the Chicano is yeah. I'm Chicana and I'm like starting I you know just learning more things about God like I didn't know this stuff like the I learned so much through school I've oh I've grown so much you know yeah. environmentalist and things but my mom was always just see me huh you know see adelante you know yeah. like so, so that that was for me even though she's like, was like Hillary Clinton yeah it's like she didn't understand really what I was doing but she's yeah. there sounds like my mom too she doesn't know what I was doing like she went to, <laughs> she, she went to a, I did a stand-up comedy show at the improv mm-hmm. my mom went uh, P. Munoz? Yeah. I'm familiar with him, yeah. Yeah, he, we went to school together at James Lake. Really? That, that, no, <laughs> uh, Joseph George Middle School. Okay. He used to uh, he used to run track. A little he, skinny guy. He, st- he still teaches track, I think. I think he, once he? in a while. I see on Facebook that he's like coaching kids track. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. And yeah, he's a big name here in San Jose. Well, P. he P. used to... I mean, I, I remember him because he always used to clown on me in middle school. Oh, well, <laughs> I, I don't think he has the changed that. Jo- <laughs> he hasn't changed at all that. He has not changed oh, at all. Yeah, he's, he's funny. Yeah. He's, I always wondered what happened to him. And then out of the blue, it was like, he's a comedian? Yeah. What, what happened? It was like, Did just running down the field and decided to take a left turn here? What, what you, happened? You, you didn't feel like it, it didn't make sense for him, considering he was the guy making fun of everyone? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, we used to get into it together, but... Uh, uh, oh, really? You guys used to argue? I'm not arguing, oh. just uh, like in a comical way. Okay. We just make fun of each cool. other, but... Uh, it wasn't that era, yo mama joke and yeah. a bunch of dumb stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, going back to, to my mom, is I did stand-up at improv. She went, she doesn't really understand what was going on with the jokes, you know, because her English is somewhat limited. Mm-hmm. But she said, yeah, you, I guess you were good because I saw the other people laughing. So, yeah. <laughs> so but she, she, she's on that level of like, all right, I don't know what you're doing, but whatever you do, make sure you're you're good at it and something comes out of it. You should, she, you should use something like that in, uh, in, in your work. Uh, when you go when you go stand up when you're standing in front of people just kind of say that you know <laughs> so use that as a bit yeah you can do that people can definitely uh, relate to that my mom would stand kind of like in the back when I got a award like into except into honor societies and stuff you know she just kind of shook her head yeah didn't really talk to anybody there and I just felt like she just felt out of place you know but my mm-hmm. mom was there and that meant everything to me yeah uh, yeah and it goes back to what I said like they may not seem like they're supportive or they just don't know how to support you yeah but when That's it comes to like it. to be there at a big event I hope for you at least they, they're there mom. yeah oh, it, 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 it's just like it's both of your moms is a huge influence in, in your in your backgrounds considering you, your father's passed away yeah, and yeah. divorce and, and family and well, we got a bunch of daddy issues but what is there something you said about your both of your mom's relationships and how that influenced you? Mm-hmm. You want to go there? Mm. Or not? Maybe I mean, not. No, uh, we, we have things in common of like the, at the end of the day, I feel for me at least that, and I'm sure he would agree that it was our moms who like like I describe it as our rocks. Like no seguía adelante, mi mamá sin saber leer or no know the name of the street, the cross street to get to the supermarket. Figured out how to be the one that made sure we were fed and mm-hmm. that we had a place to live and had clothes you know whatever she could do you know and, and to me it was like that was my dad may or may not be there you know at the times but and same I think with, yeah, with him thing. similar experience and that made me feel like okay si mamá lo puede hacer with her lo que ella puede hacer con lo que pueda yo puedo hacer hasta mucho más that was lo que me decía that I can't do it when I doubted myself 
You know, that reminds me of something that happened to me. Um, when I was younger, I used to work as an usher for events. And at the time, I had like three, two jobs. I was going to school full time, and I was just tired. And one of my coworkers, I we uh, at the time because I usher, I was the main usher. Then we have other volunteers and ushers that are a bit elderly, you know, and mostly minorities. I don't know why that was, but there there was a a I think in the fifties Mexican woman there mm. that reminded me a little bit of my aunt for some reason, and and she looked at me and she goes, "You look tired." I'm like, "Yeah," and she goes, "You shouldn't be. You're too young to be tired." Yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, well, you know, I got, I got a lot of stuff I'm, that I'm dealing with. And she goes, and then she told me the story. She's like, you know, when she moved here, she didn't live in a house. She lived in a garage with with bad um, asbestos, I think she yeah. said. Asbestos. Yeah, and, and that she had three kids with her. And that yeah. she, had, Sounds like she, my mom. she didn't know English. Mm-hmm. And that she just, and she said that ultimately, you know, I think the, the story that she was going to tell, I think what she meant was that, mm-hmm. Things are not okay, but you should really take it easy on yourself because at the end of the day, if you just do something productive or, or work, keep working on something, you will get through it. And she's like, yeah, and my kids, the they have an education now. They got good jobs. And and she felt that that's, that's something that she tried to instill in them at a young age with their circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, gonna, you, wow, you, you just had to do this in the middle of my shift and you just inspired me. Now I'm going to quit. Like, yeah. <laughs> but you said <laughs> Try to light the you try to light that fire for the torch so that they can right move forward on it yeah. because it's it's like we mentioned before that you have to do the the whole survival thing of trying to get a job pay your bills right and it seems like you're in, in the economy and then it's like ten dollars an hour nine dollars an hour it's like it's just barely barely enough to mm. survive yeah so the parents had to live that with no creative skill. Well, yeah. or just to where what they had, you know, they had create. They definitely had creative ways. Than me, yeah, you know. Right. Well, actually, technically, yes, they do have a. They have to have. They have to be creative to come up with to something. Come up, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like if there's squeeze nothing, a dollar out of a dime exactly, and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I take that back. Whatever I say. I <laughs> <laughs> now understand the dynamics of you too. Yeah. Got it. Okay. It's a different kind of creative. Huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's just a little. Lack of, of communication or understanding, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, we just we, we express ourselves differently. It's totally. sometimes, but yeah, I, like like, I do, get your point. I like to delve back a little bit to art. Yes, and how do you feel about criticism in art, and how, how do you think is the best way to approach to criticize an art piece? Well, I'm very sensitive, mm-hmm. so uh, harsh words can really get to me, uh, but at the, at the same time, I, I I try to stay humble and, and just take just be accepting of it sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, because sometimes people get a little too carried away, and uh, you try to just brush it off. But if they persist or something, you're gonna get pissed off. And also sometimes it's very insulting. Like I said, when they don't appreciate it, they just oh that's nice and walk away or indifference or is you, the worst. Yeah, they they just yeah. offer you pe- uh, you know peanuts. It's like, come on, dude. Seriously, um, but uh, criticism, I do. I, I luckily, I've been very fortunate. I don't receive a lot of harsh criticism. I, I, it's always something positive. Mm-hmm. It's 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 nice, honestly. I mean, I don't have. I, I can't complain about it. Okay. Since I've always, 
I've always had positive. And for me, this is related to the relationship because I've, I think my biggest relationship was with an artist as well. I think that's one of the conflicts we had was how do we criticize each other in a very loving way mm-hmm. in the sense that, you know, because I would get nervous when she read my writing. I was like, ah, oh. and she would get nervous when I saw her paintings. And so, uh, do you feel like there's a dynamic like that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we can, I can be very, uh, I can be a brute sometimes and just say it. Yeah. Not, you know, I don't sugarcoat it sometimes, and, and she's a very sensitive person, so. As well as you that are, right? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> like we, forget so that. That. we forget how similar we actually are, yeah. right? Yep. We, we're very similar and very different. At, like, in that sense, we're very different. Yeah. You know, we could just say it, and she says, she does the same thing, you know. She'll say it, and it's like, ugh, yeah. harsh. We're both but, very honest. But, yeah. You know, we just word things differently sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, which which ultimately I think is an important thing to have is to have someone that you trust criticize and I think that, that and that's what I'm going with here it's like when I do films and stuff like or, or comedy my jokes like for me I really take the people I trust even if I get mad even yeah. if I'm like you know what fuck you oh, excuse my language my <laughs> yeah. French but it's like forget what you said <laughs> yeah I, like a day later or like you know I was like you know what they were right I, f- I messed that up like yeah I could have done that better but do, do you feel like that, that's another dynamic you two have well we don't always agree on our opinions right we can find flaws you do I do this I gotta do that but we know. we agree we mm-hmm. definitely agree on the topics it's just that when we're trying to find common ground with that topic is, is a conflict right you know it's it's we I don't know for some reason it, it's really strange, like, to, with who, who, you know, talk podcasts to anyway, you're not going to agree, right? Same thing with me and him. Sometimes we don't agree on it, but yeah. it's beautiful because we grow from that. Like, I was able to see points of view that he has, mm-hmm. whereas my view, it was like, no, it has to be this way, you know? And it's like, oh, no, we have to protest, we have to speak up, or, you know, it's an example. And for him, it's like, well... I get more into detail. Right. Basically, you know, I, I understand that, that, you know, there are... Um, there are political views and, and this, uh, conflicts. It's going not so on. much about the art anymore. It's about polit- political uh, views now. Yeah. Okay, well, but a lot of his art is in, yeah. political. You know, yeah. Obama and and uh, uh, Nelson Mandela. Which is an interesting notion. How much advocacy do you think you you put into your work? I think that's a question for both of you because it seems like it's a lot, but I'm not sure to what degree. By ad- advocacy, what do you mean? Uh, by by political stuff. Political messages you're trying to convey or well, opinions. Then you well, mentioned that. Go ahead, do your the, first painting. Yeah, one of my paintings. Uh, I've I've done various paintings on that. Like uh, I've done Nelson Mandela. I also did a uh, Malcolm X. Uh, and this particular one piece, which is uh, about Obama, um, portrays him as a puppet. Um, he's literally a puppet, and uh, there's more to be done to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I like to just leave it as is and put it away and then come back later to it. But he's actually a puppet, and, and my beliefs on that is that, you know, he's, he really is what he is. He's just a puppet. He, there's somebody else pulling the strings. There's uh, more than just, he's just a phase. He's just, he's representing. Mm-hmm. But to make actual decisions, they can always get vetoed or just put aside. But, right. but really, to me, I think that Ameri- the, uh, the president is just somebody to paint, uh, pin the point the finger at a scapegoat almost pretty yeah. much As I was I was referring more to your very first one because he's had which that one? political heart since the beginning since you were 15 uh, what happened with the award 
Oh, yeah. Tell a little bit about that. Sheriff you mean the, uh, uh, he was in high school MLK? and had a competition of doing a painting, and he did. He decided yeah. to yeah. do uh, Martin Luther King. It's well, actually, it was amazing. A, it was amazing a, a drawing. The, the drawing. Uh, they had a contest. It was a whole district of uh, um, San Jose district, mm-hmm. unified district, and uh, it was about the Martin Luther King. Um, it's it's around that time when when Martin Luther King in January, February. And uh, I, I guess I just took I took for f- first place, and this is from uh, including Independence, Andrew Hill, uh, all these high other school. all all high schools, and uh, it portrays him and walking with kids, not not black kids, but diverse, mm-hmm. you know, Asians, uh, Mexicans, or whatever. It's just unity, right. what what it means to be unite, you know, uh, united. I thought it was an amazing piece, and I kind of donated it to the school. Wow. You know, so it's at James Lake. I don't know if my teacher still has it there, but it's... Hopefully it's, it's uh, not behind a stove. <laughs> <laughs> She's definitely more appreciative of it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got some you know. monetary money, right? Like, two for boys, oh, yeah, like, like price. Uh, and what happened with that? Uh, with uh, the money? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, just... I got $700. That's good. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't care much about it. I mean... <laughs> but wait, it went towards family. Oh yeah, I give it to my mom. And, uh, Such a good feeling, right? When you you get something out of your work to give back to not just your family but your community as it well. It can be, it can be sometimes, but it, it's like I I go back to being kind of sensitive. So mm-hmm. it's like uh, it's very hurtful when they don't appreciate it. Yeah, you know. So uh, that's why I, I I would give to the community uh, if I, I at least you know knew that they were going to be appreciated yeah. appreciative of it. Yeah, but I would just hate to see uh, beautiful images being tagged on or or just vandalized. That's such a beautiful notion, man. It's like fuck money. Sorry for my French again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm so bad. I'm, I'm oh no no I'm don't worry about it. The worst Catholic ever. Um, <laughs> we all cuss here. But we're we're holding back. Really, I thought it was a more rated PG show. Okay. So <laughs> no, yeah. th- this is those whatever show. <laughs> all right, it's a fucking internet. Anything can be said. But I think it's, I think I love that fucking notion that you put out. Where it's like fuck the money, I want this to be appreciated. Mm-hmm. I put my heart and soul to this to this canvas or to whatever it may be, and for you, you much rather have a pre appreciation that money and I think there's something poetically beautiful about that uh, I mean it, it's a I, I like to contradict myself sometimes because people will come up to me and it's like oh do it for exposure what I really want to pull my pants down I'll show you exposure I'm not gonna exposure what are you talking about right you know either you want it or you don't uh-huh. and uh, people like that yeah give me your money yeah. But when it's it's more towards uh, like we did this uh, Nelson Mandela for um, what was that organization? Uh, well, he did a piece for Nelson Mandela, which was uh, actually at the Martin Luther King Library, which is really just big piece. It's a um, what was it? What was it made? Uh, was it acrylic? Yeah, it was acrylic. It was uh, on a uh, sheet. I forgot. I forgot what kind of uh, material that was, but it was on a sheet. And it's uh, plastic material. It's like it's like a. It was yeah, a synthetic material. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just did it because they needed uh, something. They needed an artist. They needed something behind them when they were when they were doing a, an homage. Was it they were, they were doing an homage for uh, MLK? Was it MLK? It was for for Mandela, mm-hmm. but it was on MLK Day, I think. Mm-hmm. Remember when he passed it away? Mandela passed away so. recently. Yeah. yeah, I think that was it. And uh, I just, you, know, I did it for like what eighty dollars or something. 
But uh, I don't even remember what I did it for. But I just did it because you know I I thought it was a good gesture and it was gonna go up on the, on MLK and it, people are gonna admire it. Mm. You know, but um, didn't really think about it was like money. It was just let's just do it. You know. Now it seems like from a young age, you you've already have garnished a bit of recognition for your artwork such as that competition mm-hmm. did you go to art school afterwards no. um no no i just barely started going to uh san jose city college art mm-hmm. uh art classes art one um watercolor mm-hmm. because I, I i do acrylics watercolors i do tattoos i do photography body mm-hmm. painting blah 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 but um i just started going there just so to freshen up again mm-hmm. and uh you know, I remember the first time Miss Bell she heard her name, and, and I did the first piece that uh, you're supposed to do, and she's like, "Are you a professional?" Like, no, I've never done this as a profession. I yeah. mean, but I do love to draw. I love to paint. Right. You should really consider doing something with it. But I mean, I'm. I, I, I like to hang out with her because she's more of that manager. The management. She'll be. She'll manage me to do this, yeah. do that. Yeah. I'm not a businessman. I'm an artist. Yeah. I, I will draw something beautiful. Yeah. I cannot sell it, though. I hear you, man. You know, I hear you. I'm, I'm, I'm just so an artist. It's the conflict. Yeah. But yeah. But, yeah <laughs> <I'm just laughs> hey, since so you get this to your manager, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm not all about money either, yeah. but, you know. It's much more than that. Values as yeah, an artist. Exactly. Values yeah. as art. No. I, I, think, I think, whether we like it or not, there's an image we market our work as mm-hmm. you know I, I mean to this day to to this day I, I get pissed off at that notion like dude I, I want to do because I do a bit of everything and a friend's like oh you need to like do good at one thing and then you can do this other stuff but you know you need to market yourself if you don't be taken seriously yeah. mm-hmm. and ultimately I think in a professional level he's right yeah it's just I don't have something like Anna to be like, Jorge, you need to get your shit together. It's all, all over the place. <laughs> so for me, I'm a little teetering on all over the place. But th- you, you just touched on a very important uh, notion that I think a lot of artists need to take account. Yeah. Is not just art, but the business of art. Yeah. It's more than just art. It's uh, If you want to consider, consider it as uh, uh, something to live by, so if, if, you wanna, if you actually want a profession as that, you better know business, mm-hmm. the business aspect of it. Otherwise, you're just going to be an artist, uh, you know, drawing and having your paintings in your own room and, and not really ever exposing yourself. Right, uh, right. Uh, and that's, that's the thing. It's not so much about the money. It's about exposing yourself to a wider audience. Yeah, that's what's important about the having a bit of a business attribute with you. Yeah, I mean... I, uh, I think that's a misconception a lot of people have, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not here for the money. It's like, what's well, not about the money. It's about knowing... Where to look for connections, where to look for networking, yeah, and, ha- and how to present yourself. It's more than that. It's just socializing. Exactly. Exactly. It's uh, just find like I mentioned, go out like uh, to other artists, go talk to people, go to the uh, local um, shows, go to the uh, galleries, ask questions. What do you need to do to put your stuff in there? Open the doors. You know, somebody's gonna look at that piece and they're gonna want it. Mm-hmm. Or if it's really beautiful just it captures your attention make a bunch of posters of them sell them I mean, whatever it takes to make some sort of money mm-hmm. because I, at the end of the day you do need it it's a necessity All right. and you can't be painting on, on 
on wood all the time. You need it needs to look presentable and, and it needs to look professional. Right. You're gonna need somebody to buy some nice canvas. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, don't always. You're you're always gonna be an artist for for starters. I mean, that's not that's never gonna go away. But uh, opportunities. Uh, as far as business-wise or trying to get your work out, those come, you know, they're, they're, they don't come often. And it's always important to take advantage of that. Wow, yeah. All right, we've done an hour. Nice. Not so bad. Yeah. Uh, but before, last question mm -hmm. is, I'm gonna phrase it a little different as, I, as, as I, I usually do. I usually ask people, what would you say to a young artist and, and who's, very young and wasn't into art what would you say but I'm going to phrase it a little differently yes if you if you met yourself when you were younger you could choose age as long as under 18 what would you tell yourself don't get married <laughs> enjoy yourself <laughs> okay uh, because yeah you don't I mean you have to be selfish when you, um, otherwise you're not going to get anything done yeah um, unfortunately as far as art though yeah well, yeah, yeah that, that, that includes everything um because your priorities change the minute that you have a child. Mm. Um, I love my kids. I really do. But they, they take your time. They will take your time. They need attention just like everybody else. We need attention. If I do a piece because I want attention, look at me, you know. Yeah. Uh, in your case, our, this um, the studio, we, we need that human interaction. Right. You know, and when you have a child or you have to attend to your family needs, your energy has to go into that. So you have to give away something, mm. which would be art or your, your fun stuff. You know, I love drawing or I love going out. I love biking. I love hiking. You kind of leave some of that stuff aside to do the family thing, your priorities, your new priorities. So the advice that I would give is, is wear protection. <laughs> <laughs> I dig it. We're <laughs> just learn how to balance now, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 He's, you know, he's an amazing father. I yeah. mean, uh, he is like, wow, like he's there like all like more than other father figures that I want for my life and, you know, experiences like he's, he wants to like, he tells me he wants to make up for the, you know, when he didn't have his mm -hmm. dad, you know? Yeah, because I grew up without a dad, so. Right. Um, if it were, a, I'm a very dedicated father. I have to be there for them because I, I know how it is to grow up without a father figure. Yeah. Without somebody to look up to or, or uh, you know, someone to admire. You know, I had my uncles and and they were always, you know, either drinking or, or uh, you know, they didn't care much. They they were doing their own thing. Right. You know, but and, and I was always wanting to hang out with them. But I was like, ah, you're too young, get out of here. Mm. So, uh, but yeah, I would like to be that father figure for them. Mm -hmm. If they ever need something or need to talk to me about something, I want to be their best friend. How, how old is your oldest? Thirteen. Thirteen. I did say twelve a little while ago, but oh, okay. thirteen. Clarifies <laughs> thirteen. And and do you already see a bit of creativity in? He does. He's yeah. already coming up with his little stories. He has this uh, character called Butterman. Do you feel a bit of yourself in your son in that? Yeah, I do. And, and you know, like I, he always tells me that what is he, what should he do? And it's like, well, you have to be a little bit more creative with your stories, make them more believable. Because mm. you know, he's, he's he's talking about his hands being uh, made out of gold. Mm. You know, how did that come about? You know, and I would, I usually say the best way to do it would be it's gold from out of space, and it landed on you know it just hit the hit Earth, and then he was curious. He went to check it out and touched it, and it infused with him. In his hands, so now he has these gold hands. Fascinating. You're collaborating uh, with your young yeah. son. Yeah, 
but uh, he he doesn't like that. He he. Just, <laughs> 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 you know, I try to make it Teenager. easy. Teenager. Yeah. He, he has his own. Yeah. He right. has his own ideas. He's like, come on, Dad. I, I do my own way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's just like he's doing his own thing. He he already involved his friends in it, so his friends are some part of the characters in his little story. And the advice I give him: don't stop. Keep going. Mm. Whatever story you're doing right now, don't stop. Keep writing. Keep drawing. I can't do everything for you as far as drawing because that would be cheating. You have to do that on your own. Right. Uh, nobody. When I grew up, nobody taught me. I, I always had to do stuff on my own. I would always copy from magazines. Mm -hmm. And I hate to be rough. I would love to take the time to teach them and everything. But sometimes you can be a little impatient. Right. Right. Uh, sometimes they have to go on the journey on their own. Yeah. I hear you. True. Francisco, Anna, thank you for coming. Uh, where are some areas that people can check out your work? Uh, Facebook, go on Facebook, Francisco Ramirez, and uh, Instagram, FCO1980. FCO1980. Yeah, you can check some of the stuff out there. And uh, I have my email address on there and uh, phone number, I think. Well, I lost Contact information, yeah. working on a LinkedIn as well. Mm -hmm. Got to kind of. Right. Push him to uh, do it. Yeah, she does. I'll open an email. Yes, let's just do it. I dig yeah. it. I dig it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even have an email at the time until she came along. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> she actually got the business cards and everything, and then made it big. Yeah. Good. Okay. Well, I'm I'm glad you came. Fascinating to talk with you. And um, fascinating to talk to you too. Oh, thank you. Interesting conversation. Great conversation. And and so Instagram, and I'll put a link attached to the description. Mm -hmm. And uh, any last words you want to give out? Any Thank you. Any upcoming galleries? Any upcoming events? Right now, like I said, the only thing going on right now is at the uh, the works. I have some work there, and uh, I don't. I think it, I have to go. Now, wh to go where is the works? Soon. It is located on in Market Street. Um, you know where the uh, Panthers stayed? I forget that name of the hotel. It's in front of the uh, uh, oh, Cesar Chavez yes. Park. Yes, the Marriott. The Marriott. It's or next to the Marriott. Not the Hilton. It. It's the Marriott. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the Marriott. And it's a little gallery there. It's By the St. Clair, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. That's a new place, right? Yeah. It's a new gallery that opened up. I drove past a couple of times. It's been there for a while already. It's, it's like small, right? Yeah. It's a small spot. Yeah. And I remember I was driving by and there was like an art show happening. I was like, oh, I didn't even know that was there. Yeah, yeah. they have some nice Now I have a reason there. to go check it out. Your art is going to be there. When? It is going on right now, but I... I I think it's today the twentieth. Today is the twentieth. Yeah, it's it's today was the last day. Oh, yeah. Always. So you mentioned also something creative, talking about stories, the comics. You want to do that? Oh yeah, actually, thank you, baby. The comic book. I've been wanting to do a comic book. Oh. But I want a good story. And I I don't even know where to look at. I don't even know where to start. Um. But I, I just want to illustrate some, yeah. a comic book. Okay. For some reason. Cool. And uh, I already that's in the, that's in the works. Have you heard in the process? Have you heard of LSLG Comics? No. It's a San Jose-based comic label, and the guy I know the owner. He also owns the Art Boutique. It's like a music venue. Okay. In Ray Street, in the Alameda. Familiar, yeah. 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 It's, it's, and I know where it's at. Yeah. I, I advise you to check his stuff out, and you could ask him what, how to approach comic book um, stuff. I wouldn't know, but but he, he he's a well-known comic book artist and storyteller, and um, some of his illustrations are pretty good. 
We'll have to check that uh, out. It's uh, funny. He, he, he has a comic book that has to do with a Winchester Winchester Mystery House. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's always cool to see comic book stories about local landmarks that you know. Yeah. You know, yeah. and just how interesting some people can develop a story out of it. Um, it's, uh, it would be interesting. I, I'm going to have to check out the work. Yeah. Uh, I strongly advise you to. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Francisco, thank you for coming. Well, thank you for inviting us. It was a pleasure. Thank uh, you. Yeah. You're a great host. I uh, really do want to oh, appreciate thank you. it. <laughs> okay. All right. Out. Mm-hmm.